our brother Calvin and sister Edwina with us tonight. And in your prayer closet, put on the wall to pray for them because they've started a church in Baytown, and we need to pray that God will give them the increase. Well, I just wanted to do that song because it's been on my heart all week, and I just have to tell you, I just feel good tonight. And I'm so glad to be in church. I don't know if it's because we had to miss Sunday. And by the way, I heard y'all had a fantastic service. Um, Well, that was kind of weak. But anyway, Tyler said it was good. (laughs) Said that um, Brother Ashcraft was not even able to preach because the Spirit moved in such a powerful way. And I'm grateful for that. Um. But we attended two funerals last week, and um, so I was, I was glad to get home, and I feel good tonight. I feel good in my soul. I feel good in my spirit. I feel good in my body. I thank God with all of my heart that I'm able to be in church, that we still have the freedom to come to church, and we can worship God like we want to. That is a privilege Just yesterday, we got a frantic call from a couple that um, their child is very, very ill. I mean, it could be one of two horrible diseases. And the young man said to me, you know, you don't know how to appreciate health until you don't have it anymore. But you know what? We take the blessings of God for granted All the time, every day, we take for granted the privilege to come here and worship together. Uh, You know, we think, well, I'll go when I feel like it. You may not. You may not get another chance. So I want to appreciate what we have while we have it. Because there may come a day that we don't have it. So I just feel so good to be in church tonight, and I'm sorry that you have to listen to me. But I have to tell you that when I get an opportunity to teach a Bible lesson, I get so excited because I love doing it. So tonight, uh, I want to talk about the power of forgiveness. Amen, brother. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let's pray before we get started. Would y'all help me pray? Lord, thank you so much for your word. I thank you, God, that we can go to your word for the answer to any question about life that we have. And all of our relationships, it doesn't matter what we're uh, fumbling around with, God, what we're confused about. We can find the answers in your word. Your word is timeless. It never changes, and your word will never pass away. Your word is living, and it's active. It has the power to transform our lives. God, help us to receive your word tonight. Let it do the work that it's intended to do, God, to transform our minds and our hearts, God, that we can take on your name that we can become like you and that we can be your witness in the world. In Jesus' name, help me to say the words right tonight, Lord. Help me let your words be in my mouth. In Jesus' name, and everybody say amen. 
So we come to church for what? What do you come to church for? You come for you come to worship and you come to receive something from the word. Um we come to set an atmosphere for unbelievers that come into our congregation that don't know the Lord and the power of the Holy Ghost. So we don't need to waste one service. Um, so tonight, uh, I want to talk about the power of forgiveness. There's a reason the Lord told us to pray daily. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us every one of us have had to be had to forgive or be forgiven there's not one of us in this room that hasn't been there on both sides i want us to read together matthew 5 verses 43 through 48 It says, you've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Really? Pray for them? Love them? Yep, that's what it says. That you may be sons of your father in heaven for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust for if you love those who love you what reward have you do not even the tax collectors do the same and if you greet your brethren only what do you do more than others do not even the tax collectors do so therefore you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, your earthly father and your earthly mother are not perfect. And we're nature just like them. You say, oh, she's got her mother's nature. You've heard people say that. Oh, he's got his nature just like his dad. Well, our heavenly Father wants us to have his nature. He wants us to look like him and to act like him and to reflect him to the world. And you know where it starts? At home. It begins at home. Because if you can be a Christian at home, you can be one anywhere. And if you're not a Christian at home, it doesn't really matter where else you are one. So it starts at home. He wants to develop and cultivate in us his very nature. God wants to transform the inner core of our being. See, just coming to church is not going to change you. Just hearing the word is not going to change you. It's when you apply the word. And you begin to pray and ask God to change you. That's when the transformation takes place. He wants to transform the inner core of our being, the way we relate to others, the way we think. He wants to deliver us from destructive behaviors, inner fears. 
to free us from the chains of the past? Anything that would keep us from the abundant life he wants us to have. So with God's help, we can identify sinful and self-defeating behaviors that hold us back. Is something holding you back? Do you feel bound? Do you feel like you're not making any spiritual progress, spiritual growth? Then you need to go to God and ask him to show you. Because to experience abundant life, we have to stop the cycle of blaming some other person or event and assume responsibility for our own choices. See, you can come to church and you can say, well, the choir didn't sing the right song, or the preacher didn't preach good, or the people didn't speak to me. Or you can, you can use all kinds of excuses, but really it's going to fall at your own feet when we stand before God because nobody can stop you from getting close to God. We're all shaped by our families. Nothing affects the way we think, feel, act, and react as much as our family of origin. Family traits are passed from one generation to the next. Sometimes there's things we just don't like about our parents, and then we find ourselves acting just like them. Amen? Forgiveness is a hard lesson to learn. How much are we willing to how much we are willing to forgive affects every relationship we have. We all desire peace and harmony in our homes and our relationships, but what are you willing to do to obtain it? You see the way of the cross is not easy. There's some suffering involved. There's some crucifying the flesh involved of laying down our weapons and surrendering to God. The beauty of it all is that God uses our relationships to teach us to become Christ-like. That's good news. Because we get to practice, especially at home. So be thankful for those difficult people in your life. Your husband or your wife or those kids, your mother-in-law, whoever it is. Because of them, you are being transformed and refined so that the windows of heaven can be opened to you. That is, if if you're willing to follow his rule book, his family rule book. By the way, read the book. If you haven't read the book, read the book. <laughs> You'll be surprised at what all you find in here. You know, it's, it's amazing how many self-help books are sold every year. Multiplied thousands, hundreds of thousands, people looking for self-help. And everything they need to know is right here. How to resolve conflict, um, how, you know, forgiveness what marriage is supposed to look like, parenting. It doesn't matter. It's right here. 
In Matthew 18 is a parable of the unforgiving servant. You know that story. There was a man that owed his Lord a lot of money. So much money that there was no way in a lifetime he was ever going to be able to pay it back. And when the Lord went to this man and said, pay what you owe, the man fell at his feet and begged him and said, please be patient with me and give me a little bit more time and I'll pay you all. And the Lord was moved with compassion on this man and said, you know what? Just forget it. I forgive the entire debt. You don't owe me a dime. That same man got up and went and grabbed a fellow servant by the throat and said, you owe me a hundred pence. I want it now. And the, the man begged him and said, please, please be patient with me and I'll pay you all. And he said, uh, no, I want it now. And had the man thrown in prison. But others were watching and went and told the Lord what this guy had done. And it made the Lord so mad, the king, Lord, whatever, the boss, made him so mad that he took this man and threw him and his family in prison until they could pay the debt, which would be never. And so we find in Matthew 18.35, at the end of that story, it says, so my heavenly Father also will, will do to you if each of you from his heart, everybody say from his heart, does not forgive his brother his trespasses. So I don't want to be like the guy thrown into prison because I wouldn't forgive my brother or my sister. And to forgive from your heart that's not easy to do sometimes. From my heart, but Lord, if only you knew what they did to me. But you know what? It doesn't matter. With God, there's no excuses. No exceptions. We either forgive others or we cannot receive Christ's forgiveness for us. Ephesians 4, 32. 30 and 32 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. That's a warning. If we do not forgive every offense from our heart God will not forgive us no excuses no exceptions when we refuse to forgive it grieves the Holy Spirit of God and to grieve the Holy Spirit is to harden your heart against the voice of God to harden your heart is to forfeit the anointing and power of the Spirit in your life if unforgiveness came with a warning label, you know, like a pack of cigarettes, it would say, warning causes broken hearts, broken relationships, and broken families 
can cause eternal death. That's what it would say. You may think unforgiveness is not a big deal, but to God, it's a big deal. Ephesians 4 and 2 says, With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. And Colossians 3.13 says, Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Forbearing. I looked up the word forbear. I wasn't really sure what it meant. It means to control oneself when provoked, to be patient, to hold oneself back from, especially with an effort, to cease all thoughts of revenge. So we're told to forbear with one another, and we're told to pray for one another especially those that provoke us and misuse us, our enemies. How much more so our brothers and sisters, our family members. So the Bible gives us all kinds of examples of family strife, of problems, of situations, and how it all worked out. One story is about, it's found in 1 Samuel 24, and this is not a scripture for um, you to put on the screen, Matt. But in chapter 24, Saul is chasing David. Okay, so David is King Saul's son-in-law. But Saul is so jealous of David, he wants to kill him, for real kill him. He's so jealous. He hates him. He's run him out of the kingdom, and he's, he's chasing him like a dog wanting to kill him. And, and so one day, David and his men are in the back of a cave, and here comes Saul and his men inside the cave to take a nap. So they all lie down and they go to sleep. David walks right up to Saul. Nobody's stirring. They're in a deep sleep. And David's men said, the Lord has brought him right to your feet. Go ahead and kill him. Take your chance. Now you've got the victory. And David said, God forbid that I would touch God's anointed. So he cut off a piece of Saul's robe, but he wouldn't harm him. And then they backed up into the back of the cave. And when Saul and his men got up, David goes to the mouth of the cave and says, King Saul, see what I have in my hand? The Lord spared you today. Why are you chasing me like a flea? And his response to King Saul so touched and took him off guard that Saul said, my son David, is that you? And he fell and, and began to weep. I, I, I don't know, out of shame, out of... But he left him alone that day. And I wonder what would happen in our families if every time we felt betrayed or provoked, we would respond with kindness and love. 
something to think about. Because too often we get into screaming matches. And it's you against me. And it's, it gets out of hand. And then hurtful things are said that you can't take back. And then you've got David in the very next chapter, okay? He's seen the response of King Saul. And in the very next chapter, David and his men are camped out, and they're protecting this man, this rich man named Nabal. Y'all remember that story? He's camped, they're camped out where the shepherds are, and they're protecting the shepherds, they're protecting their flocks, and helping these young men out. And there came a time when Nabal was shearing the sheep and having a big, big feast for everybody that was working for him. And David knew this. So he sent some men to Nabal to speak kindly to him. Even they pronounced a blessing on him and on his household. And then they asked him out of his abundance, would he give them some provisions? That he give them some food because Nabal had plenty. And Nabal's response was, I don't know, David. Who is he that I should give him some of my food? He was so rude to them and, of course, denied them anything. And what was David's response to that? He went into a rage. He said, by morning, there won't be one male left standing in his household. I'm going to kill every one of them. But one of Nabal's young men saw all this transaction and ran to tell Nabal's wife, Abigail. And he told her, he said, David and his men have protected us from the wild animals. They've protected our sheep. They've never taken anything from us. And we felt safe while they were there with us. And your husband, nobody can even speak to him. He's so mean and irritable and rude. And so it alarmed Abigail. She said, quick, let's get provisions. And she loaded the donkeys down with all kind of food and wine and everything that they needed and took it to David and fell down at his feet and said, uh, she apologized for the behavior of her ignorant husband. And she said, I've brought provisions, please. You know, she was trying to make amends. And David, his, his wrath just evaporated. He said, you know what? You're a wise woman. I'm going to listen to you. Plus, he was hungry. <laughs> Food, that always works. <laughs> So he listened to her, and you know what? The next day, Abigail told her husband, because he was so drunk that night, she couldn't tell him, but she told him the next day what she had done, and the Bible says his heart turned to stone, and in 10 days he died. Let's look at Romans twelve nineteen. Dearly beloved, Avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Forgiveness is letting God fight your battles. Don't take it into your own hands. 
when offenses come, we often build a case in our minds. We justify our anger, our thoughts, the revenge that we want to do. But the moment you do this, you give Satan a foothold. And he's not satisfied with a foothold. Once he gets a foothold, it's going to become a stronghold, a fortified wall that is hard to penetrate. Then the root of bitterness takes hold, and you're trapped in a prison of your own making. We cannot be out to get revenge on those who hurt us. Whether it's your husband, your wife, your best friend, somebody in the church, somebody out of the church. But it, usually it's the ones we love the most that can hurt us the most. Unforgiveness causes a loss of joy. I'm talking about people that have the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about Christians, people that have been born again. You can lose the joy of your salvation when you're eat up with bitterness and unforgiveness. You go into a spiritual famine, and it's weariness to the flesh and the spirit. That's a heavy load to carry when you are eat up with bitterness and unforgiveness. It makes you tired. On the other hand, when you're able to let it go, you open the door to spiritual victory, peace of mind, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You say, I just can't let it go. You don't know how they've hurt me. But with God's help, you can let it go. And you must let it go. It's been said that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. When Jesus died on the cross... He destroyed the partition that separated man from God. You know, in the temple, there was that partition. Nobody could go behind there into the Holy of Holies but the priest. But when Jesus died on the cross, that wall of partition was torn in two. And God did that through forgiveness of sins. So forgiveness wills power in the spiritual realm because forgiveness is not natural. It is supernatural. And God does not require us to do something that is impossible. You may feel like it's impossible to forgive some, something terrible that's been done to you, but with God, all things are possible. You know how I know? Because I was there once. He has freed me from the prison of bitterness and unforgiveness. Because you see, it was my family trait, this drunk family, to hold grudges and to do it with a self-righteous attitude. But I'm here to tell you that nothing will keep you stuck in a spiritual rut like bitterness and unforgiveness will. No one is arguing the fact that it's hard to forgive, especially when the offender shows no sign of remorse of how they've hurt you. That's a hard pill to swallow. 
is there something troubling you right now? An unresolved offense in your life that keeps popping up in your mind? Every time you think about this person, you just you feel that awful hurt or you get mad as the devil. The remedy is found right here in the Word. You know how I got free from that prison? I began to pray daily, asking God to help me forgive from my heart every offense. Just like Jesus Christ forgave me because I knew he had forgiven me of much. And I would say it out loud. Lord, I forgive so-and-so today for every offense from my heart. Even, even if I didn't feel it, I would say it out loud every day. And I would say, Lord, please help me to forgive from my heart. Because you know how when you're hurt and these things just boil over and over and they play in your, over in your mind like a broken record. You think about it every day and you brood about it and you just, you know, every subject that comes up, you turn it into that. Because it's on your mind and it torments you. So you pray every day, Lord, help me to forgive every offense from my heart in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord, I forgive from my heart today, Lord. Every offense, name the offense, name the person or the persons if it's more than one. And ask him to show you what you can do to tear down the wall of partition between you and this person. Because he will show you. God has shown me stuff about myself before that stunned me and shocked me because I didn't realize it about myself. So we can be blinded sometimes to our own faults. It's always somebody else's fault, our troubles. And we're blinded to our own faults. But God wants us to self-examine ourselves. He wants us to go down deep and clean out all the junk so there, there can be a free flow of the Spirit among us. He can heal our families. So I had a friend tell me a while back about problems she was having with two members of her family. And I'm talking about three Holy Ghost-filled women. Been serving God years and years and years. These two women, on separate occasions, not together, were constantly attacking her motives and making references to past hurts, like she had done something to them in the past. And when she would ask, well, what did I do? They didn't want to talk about it. So it was beginning to affect her feelings toward both of them. She was very hurt by it. She got very discouraged, and she began to avoid them. Because, see, sometimes we hurt others, and they hurt us unintentionally. And if it's never addressed, it can become a boulder between us. We need to deal with these as they happen to nip it in the bud before it becomes a full-blown mountain. 
she asked me, she said, well, I don't know what to do. So I told her, I said, well, I'll tell you what worked for me. Because when I began to pray that prayer, things that my mind were dwelling on, was dwelling on constantly, I started to get up some days and I never thought about it. And then I'd go a week and not think about it. Or a month until you, before you know it, it's gone. The bad feelings are gone. I have love for these people. I, I have forgiven totally from my heart. And it's a freedom when you reach that point. So I told her what I just told you. I said, if I were you, I would start praying every day. This is a praying woman. <laughs> she knows how to pray. I said, but pray every day and ask God to help you forgive every offense from your heart. Call their name out. Say, Lord, I forgive so-and-so. Every hurtful word, name it all. So I forgive her. I forgive her from my heart, Lord. Help me to forgive her from my heart. And she even asked them to forgive her for whatever it was she had, had done that they were refused to name. But you know what? It wasn't long, and I got a phone call. And she was laughing. She said, it works. It's working. Before long, they were talking, and they were friends again, and they were at peace in their relation. The relationship was restored with, with both individuals. It's like night and day transformation. Because you know what? The gospel works. And when we don't apply the gospel to our lives and live by it, you know what we're telling our kids? This same woman had a, a couple that was friends with her that was going through a really rough time in their marriage. And they asked her for some counsel. And she said, what would you tell them? I said, you tell them that if they separate and divorce, you're telling your kids the gospel doesn't work. Folks, we've got to live it. We've got to apply it. We've got to understand that the word of God is living and active when we apply it to our lives. It's powerful. Forbear with one another. Be patient with one another. Hold back those feelings of revenge and pray for one another. I'm so thankful for the blood of Jesus that was shed so that we could be forgiven, aren't you? Every sin we've ever committed was nailed to the cross that day. No sin is too small and no sin is too great. The blood of Jesus paid for them all. That's the power of forgiveness. And what God has freely offered to us, he expects us to offer to one another. And there, you know, there's so many aspects of forgiveness. So that we, you know, we couldn't, we wouldn't have time in one night to deal with it. What is forgiveness, what it's not, you know, there's, there's certain things that you have to understand. It gets complicated. 
But the Word of God gives us step-by-step instructions on every situation of how to deal with it. That's the proof of our sonship, that we've been born again, that we belong to the, our Heavenly Father's family. We've been set free from old family rules, and now we live according to our Heavenly Father's family rules. Are you willing to do for others what God has done for you? This should be our prayer. Lord, please help me to push beyond the wall of partition, which is unforgiveness, into the holy of holies, to enter into that spiritual place that only the truly broken ever see. Let me ascend into the spiritual realm that puts everything into proper perspective, a place above that allows me to see that this is a spiritual battle, to see who the enemy really is so that I can be victorious and not waste my time on the mundane. So I know that was kind of a heavy topic for a Wednesday night, but I'm getting some amens back here in the corner. But really, I hope that you will take what you've heard tonight, and I hope you'll think about it this week, and I hope you'll search your heart and your life and ask God to show you, is there any anything in my heart that I need to repent of, that I need to make right? somebody I need to forgive because you know none of us have the promise of tomorrow don't put off tomorrow what you need to do today today is the day of salvation it is time now to seek the Lord when we were in Jackson we were sitting at Beth's mother's funeral and in front of us right in front of me and brother Grant was uh, a lady, Miss Cole, and her son. Miss Cole, um, her daughters, Elisa and Carrie, were great friends with my sister Jan, stayed at my mother's house all the time, and they're, they're in their early 50s, about the same age as my sister. And while we're sitting there, somebody comes and gets them out of the funeral service because they have found Elisa dead, 52 years old, just dead no no reason don't still don't know why and so you know what we need to be ready we we don't ever know when god is going to call our name so we we need to work every day to make things right in our heart so that not only so that we can be saved but so that the gospel of jesus christ can be believable to those that are looking on and looking to us for answers and that's what I want more than anything is I want to reach our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord bless you.